Welcome to the latest in our sustainability perspective series, in which we're examining the meaty topic of the European packaging and packaging waste regulation. This feels especially topical uh, for me because um, we're recording this podcast just one week after the Sustainable Packaging Summit, where one of today's speakers took part in the big panel discussion dedicated to PPWR. Um, but in fact, throughout the event, PPWR was a, a recurring theme and a major context to so many of the other topics and discussions that, that we had. Um, meanwhile, yesterday, um, recording um, today on the 23rd of November, uh, the European Parliament adopted amendments to the legislation. So that's another big milestone in that process. I'm Tim Sykes, I'm Brands Director at Packaging Europe. And for our discussion today, I'm delighted to be joined by specialists in policy and keen Brussels watchers from Avery Dennison. We have Emily Bartolini, who is Government Affairs Lead for uh, Europe, Middle East and North Africa. And Elena Maran, who was on stage last week in Amsterdam talking about this topic. Uh, Elena is Director for St Strategy and Sustainability in Label and Packaging Materials for the same region. Welcome, Emily and uh, Elena. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having us. So um, first question for, for both of you, I understand that, that you're both relatively new uh, in your current roles, having um, taken them in the last 18 months or so. And I guess this must have been quite a baptism of fire for both of you, um, having to take on this regulatory affairs and sustainability strategy uh, brief just as everything in, in that area was really launched into flux. Could you maybe just give us some insights as to what that was like? Uh, maybe uh, I'll start with Elena. Sure, and I'm also a bit fresher in this topic compared, a few months fresher in this topic compared to Emily. So when I joined the team to lead Avery Dennison label sustainability team, my number one priority was to map out what are the upcoming regulatory changes what is going on with the brands, with packaging companies? What are their sustainability commitments? And my role was to tie it up to the story and understand how, how does it impact us? And I remember uh, one or two weeks after I met Emily, we locked ourselves in a meeting room. We put together a whiteboard and we were trying to develop a few scenarios uh, how uh, the future can change whether it's going to change in a very accelerated way, whether it's going to be gradual transitions and what can we do about it. Our sustainability mission is clear. We place sustainability at the core of everything we do at Avery Dennison. So the question that we need to, uh, that we were supposed to answer is how do we prioritize and how do we shine, shine some light in this uh, sustainability maze? So, uh, and today I'm very happy to share some insights about it. Great, thank you. And so Emily, uh, let's have, have your side of that uh, story. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, much like uh, Alena, I'm uh, yeah rather new to the company, joined a bit more than one and a half years ago. And uh, I actually joined uh, in, a, in a new role uh, for the company. Uh, there had not been a government affairs function in the EMEA region for, for a few years. So the sort of additional layer of complexity for me was that we were, um, you know, very much at the beginning of a long process of establishing the government affairs function within Avery Dennison, uh, which is the, obviously a very 
exciting job uh, building something from uh, zero or almost zero. Uh, but obviously, uh, yeah, a, a challenging one that, you know, in a way has a, an external dimension, which is about, okay, you know, we know that we want to engage with the Brussels audience, but what associations do we need to um, be members of? Um, what are the key, um, yeah, kind of external partners that we uh, need to, you know, achieve, achieve our government affairs goals? But at the same time, really also working internally with uh, many of the business functions, primarily also, also with Elena's team, obviously, to define, okay, what are our priorities? Uh, what do we, you know, goals do we set ourselves? And uh, yeah, how do we kind of enshrine the government affairs strategy within Avery Dennison's broader sustainability goals with, with Elena hinted at, uh, are very, you know, ambitious and forward looking, but also with the general sort of growth strategy of, of Avery Dennison. So yeah, that's been, uh, you know, a very, uh, yeah, interesting, uh, uh, you know, process that's very much uh, continuing, but obviously, PPWR, um, you know, has come a little bit like a, like a tsunami, accelerating the process. And um, uh, yeah, that's how uh, indeed we started with that conversation. Uh, you know, yeah, locked in a room trying to figure out, okay, how do we prepare the company for what's coming and how do we also navigate the uncertainty, right? Because that's one of the challenges with the legislation. You can start er very early on to prepare, but at the end, you're never 100% sure uh, what you're preparing for until everything is uh, is set in stone um, yeah. so yeah great and i imagine that you're going to be booking out that meeting room for some time to come uh, as as this process unfolds um so let i'd like to focus on what you've learned so far um, and what you can tell our audience about the the implications of ppwr for the value chain um elena at the summit last week, we polled our audience to, to get a snapshot of, of how well they thought they understood PPWR. And there was an encouraging aspect that uh, most of that audience seemed to be very engaged. Um, but we did have roughly a quarter of the audience that responded either that it didn't know uh, very much at all or that it knew nothing about PPWR. Um, and then there was a further 35% which felt it needed to understand PBWR better than it currently does, um, which is certainly something I can relate to. Um, what observations would you make about the things that all players in the value chain need to consider when they're, they're planning their approach to this uh, uh, oncoming tsunami? Yes, that's a challenging question. And I'll try to make a simple answer. I'll try to give a simple answer. So step one is to understand how does PPWR impact your portfolio? And it doesn't matter where in the value chain do you play, whether you're a packaging producer or whether you are producing a packaging elements like labels. While Emily mentioned rightfully, the regulation is not set in stone. There's a lot of moving puzzles. There's a lot of uncertainty, but the underlying objective is clear. The packaging must be recyclable and it must use less virgin materials. So with those two objectives in mind, how can you ensure that your portfolio enables it? What we need to ensure that every element um, can support packaging recycling. We need to ensure that every element uses recycled content 
and we need to ensure that every element uh, can support new business models such as reuse. New use is a very interesting example and I want to elaborate a bit further as there might be reuse targets on different package, uh, packaging types uh, within PPWR. It's a bit of a fog on how to organize it. In some countries, it's a already well-running system like beers, but in some countries and for certain packaging formats, it's unclear on how to set it up, what is the infrastructure and so on and so forth. So what we've done in Avery Denison, we are piloting and partnering with various players in the ecosystem. An example is a company called Circulution uh, that has done a pilot uh, for a Nesquik packaging. And we have provided a wash-off label for that uh, solution. And with this pilot, we learned what is what kind of label can enable reuse. And uh, we, all of the, all of us on this uh, journey to establish how the system can work, we just need to learn from each other. We need to cooperate. We need to accept failures and getting as many experiences as possible across uh, similar to that can help us prepare. And whenever PPWR comes in place and we know how it's going to look like, we actually know and will be ready to will be we actually know what solution we need to have or at least we know what's the north star and then we can work out towards that solution thank you and, and emily um could you perhaps give us some more detail about the the process and the the timeline um including of course uh, yesterday's european parliament vote and, and what that means um where do you see the the, uh, the most important developments? Uh, what do you think has has changed or become clearer in in the recent weeks? And and what are the key milestones that we should be watching out for um, in this process? Yeah, so um, it's been um, you know typically EU legislative files take between two and three years to be negotiated. Uh, the PPWR is uh, a rather kind of on the faster end of the spectrum uh, because the, there is an interest um, among institutional players, but also uh, many industry players to conclude the file before uh, the end of this legislative mandate uh, of, of this European Commission and ahead of the European elections, which will take place in June 2024. Um, and this is because obviously many, uh, you know, industry players, but also, yeah, again, the European Commission, um, the European Parliament, the, the Council have an interest in establishing the requirements as soon as possible and uh, allowing uh, stakeholders and operators to get to work, uh, to kind of uh, no long, not prolong uh, that uncertainty that we were uh, that we were just talking about. Um, so, um, yes, um, basically. From the, the time that the Commission published its legislative proposal, uh, we've now made progress and both basically the European Parliament and the Council um, have started the internal process of reaching a, a compromise, uh, an agreement uh, on uh, how they would respectively uh, amend the, what the European Commission has, has suggested. Uh, and we've seen sort of over the last month that, uh, you know, in the case of the European Parliament, there's been, you know, a lot of discussion very um, kind of open, um, you know, lobbying battles 
Um, so very kind of controversial topics, in especially reuse. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, a lot of uh, uh, yeah reactions to what the commission has suggested, whereas the council has proceeded more in a sort of quieter way, uh, if you like. Um, and uh, yeah, the milestone of, of yesterday is that the parliament has reached after you know pretty long internal negotiations, um, and yeah, a lot of discussions has reached its internal uh, agreement on on the PPWR, which they will use as a negotiating mandate uh, when they uh, in at the beginning of next year will go and sit around the table with the council in uh, what we call trialogues negotiations. And what happened yesterday is very interesting because we see that the parliament has. Um, to some extent, uh, you know, watered down uh, the Commission's proposal, especially around the reuse aspects. So they have listened to some of the concerns that has been have been raised by the by the industry. Uh, so yeah, we see slightly different approach to reuse, a more balanced approach uh, towards um, you know measuring. Okay, what's the value that reuse brings, but also uh, what's the value compared to recyclability? So is recyclability perhaps better? Um, having a recyclable packaging versus having reusable packaging. Mm. And this has obviously left some, um, you know, more satisfied than others. Uh, so we will see how this plays out in the future, because at the same time, we see that the council is also finalizing now its internal uh, sort of alignment process uh, with member states also being distant on, distant on some elements, uh, especially regarding single market and harmonization, but also on reuse. Uh, we expect right now that the council will find um, so there's confidence that the council will find an internal alignment by the end of this year. And what they will try to do is they will try to use the first three months of 2024 to find an agreement and conclude the file before the end of the of the mandate. Because, uh, yeah, the, the March and April plenaries are really the last useful moment to kind of seal the deal uh, in Brussels. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we, this is a kind of a, an indicative timeline, but obviously everything remains a little bit to, to be seen. Mm. And we're all excited to see how everything will play out. Thank you. You, you mentioned harmonization, and I'm aware that one of the, the key concerns that I've, I've heard expressed from brands and, and the whole value chain is whether the intended harmonization or perhaps fragmentation may be the result of PPWR when it comes to force, um, depending on what happens at national level. Is that a concern that you share, Emily? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the you know the choice uh, of that the of the European Commission to go for a regulation versus a directive was going exactly uh, you know in the direction of ensuring more harmonization because in the past uh, the PPWD had. Uh, not necessarily delivered on all its goals because it had created a lot of regulatory fragmentation with a lot of member states um, kind of, you know, implementing the directive in, in different ways, sometimes contradictory ways. And for companies like Avery Dennison, but, you know, I would dare to say most of the companies in the, in the packaging uh, value chain, you know, we look at Europe as, as, as one market, as one investment destination. So um, in this sense, we very much shared the commission's, uh, uh, you know, idea to put forward a regulation. Um, and we are seeing uh, now that uh, there are the different pressures uh, to still allow a certain degree of flexibility to member states um, regarding, for instance, labeling requirements, uh, but also on reuse. Um, and 
uh, indeed we do regard this uh, as a concern um, because whereas we understand that perhaps some member states want to be more ambitious than others um, it is important for economic operators to uh, you know operate in a level playing field um, and that the cost you know of complying with different regulations and the confusion um, is perhaps used better in you know innovation research and development and really kind of working towards finding the right solutions that can advance, uh, you know, the, the packaging industry towards, uh, yeah, the goals of, of the PPWR. Uh, so we do definitely share that concern, for sure. Maybe if I can echo Emily's point and give an example how we see lack of harmonization across the market and how it impacts us. Um, we It's important that our labels are washed off from the packaging, and I'm talking plastic packaging, to ensure that the recyclates are of the best quality. And then washing conditions are very different across different uh, regions. In Scandinavia, they want specific temperatures and specific um, additive, uh, additives in the water. Uh, and it's different versus France, versus Germany, and versus Spain. And for us as a player, we can innovate and we can create a solution that will be applicable to a specific packaging type. But we can't spend all our resourcing innovating to develop a product that's applicable for each of these markets. Mm -hmm. And it's the intricate details of the processes. That's what we need to cater to, because we also need to ensure that our label stays in all other conditions. And uh, we are, as the market leader, we can do that successfully, but we can only benefit from that if there is one set of requirements and rules. Thank you. And I'd like to build on, on, on that and ask, I'm zooming in more to Avery Dennison about your insights into how your company is acting or reacting to the context of PPWR, um, both in terms of future proofing or other PPWR proofing Avery Dennison as a business uh, and, and extending that kind of support to, to your partners. Um, Elena, maybe you could you could start with giving us some insights and then perhaps Emily would like to build on those. Yeah, so we at Avery Dennison understand that label is a critical element that can determine sustainability of a packaging. And we have labeling experts that have done the critical thinking for the brands. We can't expect brands, their design teams or innovation teams or even sales or procurement teams to figure out every single element for the every single element of the packaging to place the right product on the market. So we have done the thinking for them and we are ready to offer a product that will satisfy all the needs, including carbon reduction and, uh, and including enabling packaging recycling. And what we, as a partner, in, as a leader in sustainability, we want to partner with brands, regardless of their size, regardless of their position in the value chain, and to share the knowledge and to also help select the, the right choice. Um, and us working together and us sharing our knowledge is something that differentiates and can also add value to our partners. Yeah, no, I think, Alana, you've uh, touched upon the most important point. Uh, you know, the interesting position that Avery Dennison is in, we are very much in the middle of the, uh, of the, of the supply chain. Uh, so we are you know, close to the suppliers, but also we have converters 
that uh, are uh, you know directly in business relationships with brands. Uh, so as such, we are trying to leverage as much as possible our position to you know talk uh, and educate as much as possible uh, different uh, partners, value chain partners, uh, but then also to kind of extend that to you know the end of life um, mm-hmm. uh, operators such as the you know recyclers, sorters, um, and and we found that you know this kind of collaborative approach is going to have to continue and in a way be strengthened once we will have to think together about, okay, how do we, uh, you know, implement the solutions um, that will lead us towards compliance. We will have design for recycling guidelines that will be mandatory. Finally, uh, EU wide uh, guidelines uh, applicable in all member states. So how do we turn those into, uh, you know, concrete, uh, you know, solutions and products uh, that will only be, successful exercise if it's based on uh, yeah collaboration and we're very we're very committed to that so i'd like to end this conversation by zooming out again to assess the big picture um and it's clear that, that everyone sees pbwr as presenting a significant challenge to us all strategically but do you see it as an opportunity as well as a challenge interesting question jim we at Avery Dennison, we stand by and fully support PPWR. We as a player in the packaging industry have a role to play to reduce emissions and to create circular packaging. I have a role to play to I have a role to play to create circular packaging. And it's a great opportunity for us to show our capabilities. We invented pressure sensitive label many years ago and we are the one we are the company to make it sustainable so maybe i can uh, uh, yeah give also sort of my two cents i agree with you alana that it's uh, that it is definitely an opportunity and that there are kind of some points that you know everyone agrees on that is we need to reduce packaging waste uh, we need to reduce you know the footprint of uh, you know the packaging value chain and we need to do this you know, by developing innovative solutions. And, and in a way, nobody can look away. There's no actor in our ecosystem that um, is not, you know, affected. Uh, so everyone agrees on, you know, the goals. There are some disagreements on the, you know, how do we get there? But I think uh, in general, it all comes down to finding a model that sort of an approach that is focused on sort of getting, you know, getting us to the final goal, but without forgetting about competitiveness and the fact that, you know, companies need to remain, you know, competitive uh, and profitable. And, uh, you know, it's definitely not been, you know, an easy few years uh, with, you know, a lot of challenges, with energy prices and so on that do affect, you know, companies as well. Uh, but at the end, I think this is where, uh, you know, we can all sort of come together and, and agree that the opportunity lies is that uh, with this regulation, um, yeah, we have an opportunity to make steps forward, sort of pushed and, and encouraged by regulation, uh, but um, that we can find sort of the right business models to do it and to, you know, come out of it even more, uh, you know, innovative and, and, and yeah, make this part of, of, of our growth strategy. And I think this is where sort of the key lies. Yeah, thank you. And I, I was struck by the, the example you gave of your collaboration with uh, Circulution, um, and it struck me that this is also a force that kind of encourages collective action, isn't it? And um, perhaps that's another uh, positive that we can see in PPWR. 
Yes, and to add to that, we don't know what the future is going to look like, and there is beauty in that. We can try out things, we can innovate together, and we can, with that trial and error, we can actually build something new that will be beneficial for the environment. And I think that's the main, one of the main opportunities that lays with PPWR. Yeah, and maybe just from my side, a final thought as well. If, if we think about it, this whole PPWR discussion has definitely created sort of some, you know, new challenges and new concerns, but it's all, I think, brought us much closer together. I think we've all kind of created new relationships with the, you know, value chain uh, partners, um, you know, yeah, recyclers, legislators that were not there before. Uh, so we've created more connections. I think this is also, uh, you know, another positive, uh, another uh, yeah, element that we should, you know, leverage more uh, in the future. Thank you very much. Well, um, hopefully we get a chance to um, follow up this conversation after you've had more meetings in that locked meeting room somewhere in Avery Denison European headquarters. Uh, Emily, Elena, thanks so much for, for distilling such a, a complex topic in a way that I found really clarifying and, and sharing your, your particular insights with us today. Um, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Goodbye.